Welcome back to Cocktails and Classics. I'm Dylan. Joining me, as always, is Cam and Ben. And this week, we're throwing it all the way back to 2003 with Kill Bill Volume 1. To kick things off and get everybody in the right mood, we're going to go to this week's cocktail. Ben, what do you got for us? Oh, Dylan, we're, we're getting super inventive this week. Um, this week's cocktail is called, wait for it, the Kill Bill. <gasps> oh, what? Uh, yeah, so it's basically just three ingredients, three quarters of an ounce of vodka, two ounces of ginger ale, half ounce of lychee liqueur, uh, pour them all into a glass with some ice, give it a quick stir, and you're ready to go. It's This is a good drink. It's sweet, but not too sweet. Uh, the ginger ale comes through without being really heavy. I'm not a big ginger or ginger ale person so uh, the fact that i enjoy it is good um means that the ginger's not super strong in it so uh yeah it's, it's a quick cocktail pretty easy uh, if you want to garnish it go ahead and throw maybe some some sprigs of mint in there make it look pretty or don't and just be a basic bitch like me check the show notes below make yourself a kill bill uh, you know, we're original with our uh, cocktail title names. Um, and head up the Casker links to get yourself some lychee liqueur. Check out Kill Bill Volume 1 on Prime Video, and I think Volume 2 is on there as well. I don't know why they would not have both. That would be kind of psychotic. 2 is on there. They do. <laughs> and they also have, if if you've got the time and want to do it in one shot, uh, I think they have them both like in a one Ooh. Yeah, I think they've That's got them both cool. like combined in one that you can just watch. Well, I believe, I believe from what I've read, that was his original plan was to do it all the way through, and then it was uh, he who must not be named, uh, Harvey Weinstein, oh. um, from Miramax, who at the time was like telling people to cut down their movie times, and so he was like, "Well, why don't you just split it into two movies?" So then, yeah, this, that's how we... This was back before the day and age of, like, the six-hour movie that people were willing to sit through. I feel like it was also before the time where movies did parts as well. Also, Harvey Weinstein's a dirtbag and probably was like, hey, if you cut this into two movies, I can sell it to theaters twice and make more money. We can make more money. And then <laughs> use that money to put myself in a position of power to do awful things, because I'm a piece of shit. And you kind of get the, like, especially, I feel like this one's easier, you know, you got your two movies, but, like, you know, you do part one, and then you do part two, two years later or whatever, but then the theater's going to show part one as, like, a precursor, you know, like, you get the, like, people who are going to pay twice to go see it in theaters, or, you know, myself, I went and saw when they did um, The the World's End, the third movie in like the cornetto yeah. trilogy i went and saw all three of them in theaters oh that was uh that was some psych psycho stuff kill bill volume one is a 2003 action crime thriller uh currently sits at an 8.2 out of 10 on imdb making it the number 151 top rated movie out of well on the top 250 on imdb um it's also hmm it is not on the top movie list on Letterboxd. Um, directed and written by Quentin Tarantino. Also, Uma Thurman was in there. Um, 
to help create the character of the bride. Uh, and if you like watch the credits at the end, it's like Q and U, like based on characters by Q and U. It stars Uma Thurman, David Carradine, which he's not really like shown in this movie at all. I don't think. I don't think you ever see his face. No. Uh, Daryl Hannah, Michael Madsden, Lucy Liu, Vivica Fox, Julie Dreyfus. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of like big star. Outside of, like, the main cat, like, there's not a lot of, like, I guess I should say it's not deep. Yeah, and, you know, granted, I I haven't watched a lot of, like, Japanese films, so, like, maybe the cameos, or, or maybe they're, like, big cameos, or the actors, when he, when he, they're in, like, uh, Okinawa and Tokyo, like, I just don't, I'm not well-versed. <laughs> the only cameo slash small actor I recognized uh, was the one... Uh, trucker who pays to sleep with the oh yeah uh, the bride um you might recognize him from a ton of adam sandler movies like he's just the guy one of those guys who's in like all of adam sandler's movies uh i remember him most from the water boy he's like the linebacker with the weird eye <laughs> Mm-hmm. yep i saw him and i'm like that guy looks super familiar and then as i watched him I'm like wait a minute that's the dude from Waterboy. And then it dawned on me that, oh, wait, he's also in, like, every Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, I see the, on his, like, IMDb I don't pictures, think there's, like, him and little Nicky. Yeah, I don't think he was in, uh, he was not in Hubie, though. No love. Shame, shame. Maybe he's, uh, maybe he's on to bigger and better things now that he's working with Tarantino, you know? I don't think so. He his last movie was in 2020. It was the wrong Missy, a David Spade led comedy <laughs> oh, for Netflix. No. So not the I wrong Missy. I don't think he's on to bigger and better things. Had anyone not seen this film? I had not. I have not either. You hadn't seen it? Okay. Um, this was like one of my dad's favorite movies. This, we we did this with Snatch, but uh, you know, my dad loved Kill Bill. I have watched both of them. At some point, like, fairly recently, from, like, college until now. And I didn't, I wasn't in love with it. I think it's fine, but I'm interested to hear your guys' opinions on your first uh, viewings. So what did you guys, what did you guys think? Uh, It's the most, so far, I think it's the most, like, stylized film I've seen that he's ever done. Like, I think... I agree. You could make an argument for Inglorious Bastards, maybe in some points, but I, this movie just has so much uh, stylized violence. Like things happen in a really uh, dramatic way, like when she stabs somebody or hits them or whatever. Like they just do some, like something happens that's insane. Like that one woman cuts off that guy's head and it like spews blood for like ten seconds straight, just like straight up, which is crazy. So that was kind of my first impression. I mean, I really liked it. Also, it might be, is it the only movie that uses animation intermixed? Oh, I don't know. Tarantino's? Yeah. Um, I don't know if any I, of his other ones do that. No. I mean, I know he, did he, I don't think he's done an anime. I know he was writing something. Was he writing an anime or did he write like, um. I don't know. I, I swear he did something different recently i know he wrote like a book for uh once upon a time in hollywood but because he you know he's his thing is that he's only ever gonna make 10 films so like 
he's kind of started to branch and do other things recently, and I, I swear he was going to do something like that, but I think you're right. I think this is the only one where he's ever used, like, animation. Yeah. So, my wife loves this movie, which was weird to me. That's what I thought, and as I watched it, I'm like, huh, this seems, like, over the top. She's like, yeah, no, but, like, it's, like, over the top intentional, like, violence and gore. So, like, it's it's kind of more like a fun, like, over-the-top, non-realistic. And I was like, I mean, I I guess it just didn't seem, you know, she also didn't remember the entire giant anime section in the middle. I think, <laughs> I think, I think when she thinks of the movie, she thinks of both parts combined. So I think in that, mm, yeah. she's like, I don't really remember that part of it. Um, but this movie, I think more than any other Tarantino movie I've seen wears its inspiration Influences. on its sleeve so much more. I mean, l- let alone just the uh, the the game of death in general outfit homage right off the bat, but like the over the top uh, the over the top blood from like you know when you would see. 60s 70s like over the top chinese japanese kung fu style movies like that was not that over the top but was kind of something you would see more than you would see typically in american cinema um well that's even uh the black and white part of the yeah fight yeah like that's that's kind of how they got around like censors for america uh, with those movies and then so yeah he he did that as did like that. an homage but at the same time like the mpaa was like hey you need to tone down the violence a little bit so so then he like also so, used it purposely so then he animated it and he's like no, no no it's cartoons it's fine yeah i i think this movie is like a love letter for sure to kung fu movies and also i mean so obviously there have been a couple films that he's done that have been kind of homage to more of like the black exploitation kind of movies of the seventies. I think this one was an homage more to like the women's version of that that happened in in that time. I mean, most of them were also black exploitation pictures, but I, I definitely think that also came across through this movie. I I very much enjoyed it. Uh, I was, like I said, kind of, kind of shocked. It's like, huh, I don't, was not expecting the the love for this, but yeah, I was like, they hit the part of being in Tokyo, the Green Hornet theme starts playing and I'm already, there we go. (laughs) I'm, I'm in, I'm sold, baby. I don't care what else happens. I've got guys in Kato masks and I've got the Green Hornet theme. I'm good. I, I like what she said, Ben. Like, this is Tarantino's, like, biggest, like, wear my influences on my sleeve kind of movie. And that's one thing I, that's one thing I appreciate about Tarantino is that, like, he's just a dude who loves movies. Like, I'm pretty sure before he's gotten into directing, he literally just worked at, like, a video store. A lot of his movies rip off and, like, homage other films. Like, this one is literally kind of directly from what is it lady snowbird or something i think is what it's called uh lady snowblood and there was another one that was like uh i believe like 
uh, something about Nazis. Let's see, where is it? I forget where it was. But basically, like, uh, it's funny that you said, like, Inglorious Bastards might be his other, like, most stylized because I think he wrote this film as the main, the woman from Inglorious Bastards was supposed to be the main character and, like, have a lot of the characteristics of the bride. He, like, later switched that up. He, did, he like, then separated the characters because they were kind of, like, intermingled at one point and he was like all right let's let's separate a little bit if if you're somebody who loves movies you you like to watch tarantino and then be like i can see where he he's just a guy who fucking loves movies and he wants to make movies yeah i mean he has like his trademarks that he's kind of like gotten into now where it's like oh trunk shot feet shot uh they feet uh, you know his like dialogue stuff a cameo of him saying the n-word uh <laughs> his uh you know his his long dialogue stuff which uh i was reading like he was like oh, i kind of had to like change how i think as a director because everything before i was like the dialogue heavy movies and then i got into this and it's all action and it was just not something i was used to doing and now i'm doing this and it, you know it was fun <laughs> I, I read that it like went way over schedule and shit because he's he was like being a perfectionist and wanted it to be like crazy and over the top and I forgot about the anime sequence as well. And it came it came to mind because I was looking at I was watching another show or just looking at stuff. Um and they so the studio that did the animation section of this, uh if you're into anime at all, um, they did Ghost in the Shell, the like original animated movie. And then they also did Psychopaths, which is like a more recent uh, anime, and then I think they did Haikyuu or something, which is like a volleyball anime, but it was just kind of it's kind of crazy to like be like, oh shit, those guys. <laughs> Alright, so here's my here's my thing about Kill Bill. People will sit here say they don't like house. Say they don't like over the top, campy, cheesy like just wild movies, and they'll be like, oh, I fucking love Kill Bill, and I'm like this movie is fucking batshit insane. Half the stuff doesn't make sense and just like happens because like we 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 lead into something just to get like a certain effect or like you know chopping off the girl's arm or like chopping off the dude's head just to like have a fountain or I forget the I think it was the was it the anime sequence or was it like a real world one where like somebody gets sliced open and there's like a shit ton of blood and then there's like a body shaped blood pattern in the thing like. Uh, where it was, like, missing the blood, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, was that yeah, in this? I, I think it was the anime. Oh, um, okay. But okay. I, was, I was just like, what the fuck is happening in this movie? And then I was like, I was waiting to get on here to be like, uh, these guys fucking hated House, and, like, how over the top it was, and then they're going to talk about here. Okay, and be like, House is so different. House is okay. so Wait a different. Minute. I'm sorry, at what point in Kill Bill does a piano try to eat someone? Yeah. Tell, tell me or when painting, that or do they have to, when do they fight a painting, or when in this movie does somebody does every character call one of the other characters fat? The whole movie. They they said the one guy looks like Charlie Brown. <laughs> that's not. That's just that's a because of the reference. shirt he. It was literally. Did you see the <laughs> outfit he was wearing? He was wearing a Charlie Brown basically pattern. <laughs> I noticed it as soon as he nah, came on screen. I said, "Wow, that guy's wearing a shirt with the zigzag like Charlie Brown." And then he goes, oh, you look like Charlie Brown. And I went, oh, hey, I called it. 
I can't believe this motherfucker coming on this podcast and thinking uh, that comparing somehow, this movie to House somehow God. House and Kill Bill are correlated and how outrageous they are. I like the movie is definitely over the top for sure in the violence and not just the violence, but like you know the the style of it is not realistic, obviously, but. I don't know. I mean, it just doesn't feel like the same as House to me. I mean, I liked this movie and I didn't really like House that much, but House is also like really absurd, like and confusing. It's also confusing. Like the plot and everything is just like very confusing as to what is going on. So I will say I'm not a big gore person. I I understand kind of like what my wife said where she's like it's kind of so over the top and almost like cartoony that it doesn't bother me as much there was one one thing that gets me and it gets me every time i see it in movies i hate it i'm pleading with with anyone who ever makes a movie stop with the slicing the achilles all right it (laughs) makes me that's that's the thing it gets me every time i see someone go to like put any sort of sharp object to someone's like Achilles tendon and I'm just I'm out I'm out you lost me I'm looking away I'll be that I'll be that guy who's just like Ugh, no is it is it John is it over shit's gross uh I don't like the I don't like the the head chopped at the end like with the exposed brain oh I, I, I don't like that like the scalping yeah. Yeah, that one was oh, that yeah, one was also that's uh, scalping type stuff. That's not fun for me. Also, this is my other, and I don't know. I I briefly got into a couple minutes of volume two, and then uh, kind of called it a night. So I I do want to keep watching and finishing the movie, but I know Tarantino enjoys the non-linear storytelling aspect. But I feel like the knife fight with Vivica Fox at the beginning didn't need to be nonlinear. Like, if you want to use the flashbacks, like, back to, like, what's going on when she's at the wedding, I understand it. Use that sense of flashback to take us places. But, like, to start there and then go all the way back and through was just like, what... I wonder if it was just the thing of like we tried it at the end and it just didn't fit really well as a good ending. Well, for volume one, I think compared, but I think the battle, the the bigger battle. I mean, you you probably could have just moved who who went first, but like I think that battle with the crazy eighty eights is a much better third act than oh for sure. Yeah, I, I'm not. I am in no way disagreeing with you. I completely agree. But like I just why think she it didn't need to first. be. Yeah, it just it it didn't it didn't add up to me, and I was like, this just seems like I get it, and I I t- tend not to mind the nonlinear storytelling, but that one just seemed like it was a last minute. Well, let's just throw this one here because there's nowhere really else that we like seeing it, and then it was like, oh shit, we probably should have just done this differently. Like I, I don't Maybe. mind, I don't mind the flashing backs and everything like that. But to just, like I said, go through this knife fight, and then 
because I, even what I got into from volume two seems like it continues kind of like a progression outside of uh, Vivica Fox's character. It seems like outside of that part, it just keeps going like in the right order. I feel like it's just to get your attention and keep it. Because otherwise, if he goes in strict chronological, I guess you'd start... Well, the other thing is you don't really know what happened at the wedding entirely still, like after volume one. Uh, So I think there's some mystery there. And then the other thing is it does open with a... It opens immediately with an action sequence rather than going through a bunch of backstory or a bunch of storytelling or a bunch of this and that or the other. Uh, So I I think the main point it starts, which again, like maybe they may have thought about, you know, how to frame it, but I think he was just going for immediate, like edge of your seat, like immediate, like, all right, we're starting this thing off. We're going to, we're going to start this off with a fight. The first five minutes. Which, and then like we'll I get said, into all the other stuff. I get, but why not just make her the first one on the list? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's true. Maybe. But at the same time, like, what difference does it really make? Yeah. Like, when you sit down to think about it, you're like, well, does, it, does it really matter, like, if she was first or second? Yeah. The only thing I think is, like, maybe... Because, like, you know, you she does that, and then she crosses her off her list, and you see she's actually second. And you're like, oh, wait, she's already done this? This is her second one? Where's, what happened to the first one? And so then it takes you through, like, her, you know, in, in, uh, in the hospital and stuff. But you're still, like, kind of have some anticipation of, like, oh, there's something coming, you know, at some point in the future. I just don't know what. Like, I don't know how it's going to unfold or anything like that. I don't know. I I think it's just a different, like, storytelling device to get you to care about seeing the rest of the movie. Which, like I said, I, I, I understand and I appreciated most of the jumping around. It's just that one just felt, like, unnecessary to make that the, the, like, a nonlinear jump. I don't know. I completely forgot how much feet shit is in this movie. Like I remembered, I remembered she can't use her feet or like her legs. So then she gets in the car and she's like wiggly or big toe. So we're like long shots of that. Then she gets out of the car. She's walking. We see shots of that, that like girl punk band that's playing in the, um, the restaurant or whatever. They're all shoeless. Uh, there's a, there's the shot where, uh, when the bride pulls up next to, um, what is that character's name? Sophie in the car. And there's like a shot of her feet and like flip flops with the toes cut out and stuff. And I'm just like, bro. <laughs> like, I, I mean, at this point, everyone knows. When the bride, when the, when the bride makes that, uh, cut on O-Ren and it just goes to like her feet as the blood starts coming down. It's like, all right, we're just going to look at her feet. Cool, cool, cool. Like, we, everyone at this point now knows, like, the obsession. And, like, when I see him in his movie, it just makes me kind of cringe. It's definitely uh, cringe. I mean, like... You're like, uh, uh come yeah. on, man. Was it... Until, uh, have you guys seen From Dusk Until Dawn? From Dusk Till Dawn or whatever no. it is? Okay. Nope. Right. No. There's another shot where it's... uh. I think it's Selma Hayek, right? 
and she's like she like does has this whole like dance number in this club but then she like pours alcohol down her leg and like off her feet into somebody's mouth and i think it's quentin, quentin tarantino's mouth because he's in that movie and i'm like bro uh, what the fuck? disgusting uh, <laughs> again he just puts himself in these situations in these movies and they're questionable you're like why did you put yourself in everyone's just role? like why that's weird man why would you write that why would you write that <laughs> well i wrote it for myself of course <laughs> God. Well, there's also. Yep, there it is. Hold on, I I have the picture. I will post it in the chat. <laughs> in the trivia section on IMDb, director trademark Quentin Tarantino. Bare feet. Lucy Lewis barefoot as she runs <laughs> to kill Boston Naka. The band at the House of Blue leaves is barefoot. The bride is barefoot as she escapes from the hospital. Uma Thurman's bare feet were introduced in Pulp Fiction before her face is shown. <laughs> it's just like. Come on, man. Everyone everyone knows the thing. I do have one trivia related to feet that I'd like to share with you guys. Why? <laughs> All right, so I was trying to look up stuff related to this because it's a funny topic. Uh, and I somebody counted out uh, how long feet are displayed on screen in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Is it more or less? What do you guys think ballpark in seconds? Oh, seconds? Dude, you could get up. You could yeah, get it's in seconds. In movie, I'm, I'm sure of it. It is minutes. It ultimately comes down to minutes, but like, I'll give you that hint. Is it is in minutes? But I don't know. I, I I'm interested in seconds. Okay. Um, hundred and nineteen seconds. I was going to say hundred and seventy-six. It is two hundred and seventy-seven seconds of feet in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh. Granted, it is almost a three-hour movie, but it's a long time. That's a lot of feet. <laughs> it's so strange. Again, none of this, none of this tops him writing his own part where he gets to suck someone's toes on camera. But man, I just, yeah, interesting. I'm the only one who had seen this film, so you'll get a nostalgia rating from me. You're gonna get two fresh ratings from Cam and Ben. Uh, the Goob Squad lives again. So, Cam, lead us off. What did you think of Kill Bill Volume 1? So, yeah, feet stuff aside, uh, I enjoyed the movie. I think, as he said, uh, as you said earlier, it's not one of his dialogue-focused movies. It's purely an action movie with stylized, gratuitous violence. And I think it's fun. Um, I'm interested to see Volume 2. And... It's definitely a different movie than I've typically seen from Tarantino. Um, so I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of ten. I thought it was pretty good. Um, Yeah, I I think I was in the same ballpark. This isn't what I expect from a Tarantino movie in terms of dialogue and, and film making, I guess, or film in general. This movie's just fun. It's just fun gratuitous violence done as an homage to movies that I also enjoy. I enjoy those, you know, uh, the, especially, I mean, Bruce Lee movies in general. I, I loved watching, I mean, even the, the bad, big, you know, big boss man and all of those. I, I've seen them. I, I love them. So this to me was just such a fun 
ride of watching just someone express their love for those movies. Uh, I think the cast is really good. I feel like it's a lot of kind of the same, you know, Tarantino likes to use the same people that he knows he gets good performances out of. And I mean, rightfully so I don't blame him. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this. I, I would put it at like a, I would say maybe a seven. That being said, one of the funnest seven movies I've watched. Like, it's just a fun movie. It's not necessarily a great movie, but I enjoyed watching it. Going in, I gave this like a six out of ten. I remember watching it and not really enjoying it that much. That being said, I think this movie, like like you said, it's it's fun. It's fast. It, like, gets right to it. It doesn't necessarily muck around in backstory or anything. Like, you get a little bit here and there of, like, the bride and the wedding. And I think it's creative. Uh, it's just a love letter to, you know, grindhouse, exploitation, black exploitation, samurai films... The pacing is awesome. It keeps you intrigued. What's the next, like, what are the next two guys going to be like? Yeah, I don't know. It's beautifully shot. It is all over the place, but I think it is a good film. Uh, it's definitely, I I enjoyed it more this time than my first time. So coming out, I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. I think, while not his best movie, I really like the kind of, like, shift from, like, Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs and Jackie Brown into like just a full-on action movie and uh, I think he did a good job and if you think we did a good job give us a like rate, share us with your friends and family subscribe wherever you're listening check out the show notes below, make a kill bill uh, hit up the Casker links check us out next time check out our Instagram at Cocktails and Classics Pod check out our website www.cocktailsandclassicspod.com and as always, watch responsibly